0: Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And those of you who know me are aware that I cry at the opening of supermarkets. I, uh, I've wept over ribbon cutting at a used car lot. I, uh, I have really been in tears since I walked in here. This man doesn't seem like a dodo. I'd like to hear a little more musket fire from the Temple of Learning. This man doesn't seem like a dodo. Some others fired their muskets all right, but unfortunately didn't always aim at those hostile to the church. Unfortunately, unfortunately, like unfortunately, 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 I'd unfortunately, I'd like unfortunately, unfortunately, This man doesn't seem like a dodo. That we are trying to avoid and hope all will try to avoid language and symbols and situations that are more divisive than unifying. At the time we want to show love for all of God's children. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I'd unfortunately, like to, unfortunately, to hear a little more musket fire. This man. I'd like to hear a little more musket fire. I'd but like we all look forward. Fire. I'd like to hear a little more musket fire. To the I'd day. Like to hear a little more musket fire. I'd like to hear when we can more beat our fire, swords. I'd like to hear a little more musket plowshares. I'd like to hear a little more musket fire. This man does I'd like to hear, a like musket to. Like to hear a more, more musket fire. And our spears into Cronin's. I'd like to hear a little and more. And at least fire. on this subject. I'd like to hear a little more musket fire. Learn I'd like war. No. I want this man doesn't seem like it. Like I'd like to hear me.
1: This is infants on thrones, baby steps, you want someone to preach to, the philosophies of men, I like magical toys, you religion, you? mingled with humor, I don't believe in them, there will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with, with humor, you. we are evolving, baby steps, you by buy this world of money.
2: good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone
1: all right welcome back to infants on Thrones I'm Glenn Osland and this is episode 747 an open letter to Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. And yeah, just when I thought I was out, They pull me back in. They pull me back in. Because I have been trying really hard over the last few years to be a kinder, gentler infant. To look for the good. To let go of the lower vibrations and raise my consciousness, man. And it's been pretty groovy, right? And then Holland throws a silly fit, a fit about how hard it is for him and the other brethren to create and support divisive policies in the church that create a whole host of second and third class citizens who are apparently worthy of musket fire. How hard it is for Holland and his brother and friends to do these things and then have people get upset at them for doing these things. Because it's not them, you guys. It's God. It's God. And yada, yada, yada. And for as much as I don't want to get angry again at this stuff... Just when I thought I was out. Yeah. So so here's what you're going to get in today's special episode. It's a smackdown of sorts. Now, don't get too excited. It's not a classic panel discussion smackdown as in infant days of yore. But it's a solitary, solo smackdown of sorts. Uh, a smacksturbation, if you will. And I started doing it last night, and then I stopped, because I hated the way that it was making me feel. Just when I thought I was out. So I published the unfinished part only to the Patreon supporters of Infants on Thrones. And I'll share with you exactly what I said to them, because I asked them, what do you think? Should I publish this to the general feed? Because honestly, I don't know what is the point of doing this. (laughs) And so several of my Patreon supporters listened to it and they responded and said, yes, please publish this to the general feed. So that is what I'm doing. And I recorded a little something extra as well. Now, some of you may remember a little over a year ago when I read David Hawkins' book, Letting Go, and I was so knocked out by the way that he talked about all of these many, many emotions that we feel. Emotions that are tied to different stories and different ways that we see the world. Emotions that are all legit and all valid. But some of them are more taxing and exhausting to our system, while others are more uplifting and more energizing. Well, I recorded an example about a year or so ago from David Hawkins' book about different valid responses to a fender bender. And I'll share that with you again here in a minute. But I recorded a new version of that idea using Holland's talk as the fender bender. And I'm going to end the Smackdown today with that new recording. And I just want to say this. I am sorry. I'm sorry that this happened. I'm sorry that this is still happening. I'm sorry for all of the people who have felt hurt by this, deeply, deeply hurt by this, and outraged, incredibly outraged. And I have felt all of those feelings too. I'm still feeling many of them. And you're going to hear that today. But I really hope that this episode helps you to process these emotions in a very true to yourself, very healthy way. I hope this episode doesn't stir up more distress for anybody, but if it does, well, what do you have to say about that, Alan Watts?
0: There are no wrong feelings. And so to try and force one's feelings to be other than what they are is absurd.
1: That's right. There are no wrong feelings. There's a valid reason for feeling anything, whatever you're feeling. So, I'm going to start today with an example of many different kinds of feelings that one could feel with a fender bender, and then we'll take it from there. So, now, ride in the let's say, for example, that we've parked our car. And just as we get out, the car parked in front of us backs up into our car with a thud. Our bumper and the front fender are dented. Here are some different responses and, and try to identify yourself. How would you respond if this happened to you? If you're responding out of shame, it might be, how embarrassing, I'm such a lousy driver, I can't even park a car, I'll never amount to anything. Or it could be a guilt response. I had it coming. How stupid I am. I should have done a better job parking. Response from apathy. What's the use? Things like this always happen to me. I probably won't collect on the insurance anyway. There's no use talking to the guy. He'll just sue me. Life stinks. Grief. Now the car is ruined. It'll never be the same. Life is grim. I'll probably lose the bundle on this one. Fear. This guy is probably furious. I'm afraid he'll hit me. I'm afraid to talk back to him. He'll probably sue me. I'll probably never get the car fixed right again. Car repair people always rip me off. The insurance company will probably get out of this one, and I'll be the one left holding the bag. Desire. I can make a bundle on this one. I think I'll hold my neck and fake a whiplash. My brother-in-law's a lawyer. We'll sue the pants off this idiot. I'll get a settlement on the highest estimate and get it fixed at a cheaper place. Anger. The damned idiot. I think I'll teach this guy a lesson. He deserves a good punch in the nose. I'll sue his pants off and make him suffer. My blood is boiling. I feel shaky with rage. I could kill the bastard. Pride. Look where you're going, you fool. Oh, God. The world is full of such bumbling idiots. How dare he damage my new car? Who the hell does he think he is? He's probably got cheap insurance. Thank God mine is the best. Courage. Oh, well. We both got insurance. I'll take down the data and handle it okay. A nuisance, but I can handle it. I'll talk to the driver and get it settled out of court. Neutrality. These things happen in life. You can't drive 20,000 miles a year without an occasional fender bender. Willingness. How can I help the guy calm down? He doesn't need to feel upset about it. We'll just exchange the necessary insurance information and be okay with each other. Acceptance. It could have been worse. At least nobody's hurt. It's only money anyway. The insurance company will take care of it. I suppose the guy's upset. That's only natural. Such things just can't be helped. Thank God I'm not running this universe. It's only a minor nuisance. Reason. Let's be practical here. I'd like to take care of this as quickly as possible so I can get on with the day's activities. What's the most efficient way to resolve our problem? Love. I hope the guy isn't upset. I'll calm him down. He says to the other driver, Relax. It's all okay. We've both got insurance. I know how it is. It happened to me just the same way. It was a minor dent, and we got it fixed in a day. Don't worry. We won't report it if you don't want to. We can probably deduct it and avoid a raise in our insurance premiums. There's nothing to be upset about. He reassures the upset driver, putting an arm on his shoulder in fellow human camaraderie. And the last one. Peace. Well isn't that fortuitous? I was going to have the rattle in my bumper fixed anyway and the fender already had a little dent. So now I'll get it fixed for nothing. Say, aren't you George's brother-in-law? You're just the guy I wanted to see. I have some great business that I think you can handle for me. We'll both benefit. You look like the right person to research it for us. How about a cup of coffee and we talk it over? By the way, here's my insurance card. Say, that's the same company as yours. What a coincidence. Everything's working out for the best. No problem. Walks off humming with a new friend, the incident already forgotten. Okay, so that last one's a little, a little over the top with Pete's, but you get the idea. Were you able to locate yourself in there? Like, how do you think your response would be? And do you have a choice? Do you have a choice on how to respond? All right. Hey there, Patreon supporter. So... I started something, and I just, I don't think I'm going to finish it, <laughs> but I'm going to share it with you here, and really, I i, I want to ask you, any, any of you who are listening to this, any of you who are interested in this, do you think I should finish this and publish it on the general feed? I don't know. I mean, this is, this is in response to Jeffrey R. Holland's BYU address, and I... I've stayed away from this for a long time, but Infants on Thrones, obviously, this is smackdown-worthy material, right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff that Infants on Thrones would really sink our teeth into back in the day. And I thought, maybe I could approach this, (laughs) you know, tackle this with a new approach, with the new Jason Mraz, look for the good, and um, just put a very mindful Let's drop judgment uh, kind of approach to this. And I just found myself getting riled up. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear me getting riled up. And I didn't like it. And I've done a good job of not getting riled up by things in the Mormon church because what does it matter? Yeah, Jeffrey R. Holland is going to be Jeffrey R. Holland. He keeps saying that, you know, it's like we're acting surprised that he's who he is. And all this double speak about balance and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, (laughs) uh, you're here because you liked this kind of stuff once, (laughs) I think. Um, I'm here because I liked this kind of stuff once, Um, but I don't know what to do with this. So I'm sharing here this unfinished attempt to do an open letter to Jeffrey R. Holland It's just so frustrating, I don't, I don't know, I, yeah, I don't know. So tell me what you think, <laughs> should I do anything more with
0: this or just let the sleeping jowls lie? Ugh. This is one of the reasons the Lord established and maintains this university. The dual role of builder and defender is unique and ongoing. I'm grateful we have scholars today who can handle as it were both trowel and musket.
1: All right, I want to see if I understand this, that the, there's a dual mission of the university to build and defend, and you build with a trowel, and you defend with a musket. I don't remember what trowels are for, <laughs> but that's a farming thing, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know what trowels are for. I'm horrible. But I, I do know what muskets are for. They're for shooting people. Right. And I, you're, you're, you're talking about it in a way of defending. So you're only going to you're only going to shoot people who are attacking you and threatening you. It's self-defense. Uh, President Holland, it, you're, you're grateful that there is a musket for self-defense so that we can shoot and kill people. That would threaten. Our ideas. OK. All right, I just, just want to be clear on this.
0: Then Elder Oaks said challengingly, I'd like to hear a little more musket fire from the Temple of Learning.
1: Yeah, this is such a strange image. And it's it's interesting as I was watching this and, you know, watching Holland's performance because it, it, at the beginning of this, he really like worked up the crowd with a lot of humor quote-unquote about his age how old he is and how old he is and and his age that was pretty much (laughs) what what he kept joking about and sometimes they would laugh and sometimes the jokes would fall really flat and i thought that was even funnier than the jokes that hit and he does this one here about musket fire in a minute that just falls so flat because i think people were confused i I'm a little confused as I'm listening back to this. So he's saying he wishes that, or he's quoting Elder Oaks, that wished that there would be more musket fire coming from the Temple of Learning. I'm guessing that the Temple of Learning is BYU. That he's, he's wishing that there would be more... What, what, what is musket fire representing here? M- more of an attack on people who would be attacking the church? or I think he's going to specifically talk about marriage and that he wishes that there would be more musket fire. (sighs) I,
0: I think this is a really poor choice in words, Elder Holland. He said this in a way that could have applied to a host of topics in various departments, but the one he specifically mentioned was the doctrine of the family and defending marriage as the union of a man and a woman. Little did he know that while many would hear his appeal, especially the school of family life who moved quickly and visibly to assist, some others fired their muskets all right, but unfortunately didn't always aim at those hostile to the Church.
1: Oh, unfortunately (laughs) didn't always aim at those hostile to the church because those are the people that we really want to take out, right? The ones that are hostile to the church. Why? Why do you want to fire the musket and take out people that are hostile to the church? And why, why is it that we're still having this, this, this argument that gay marriage is going to be a threat to traditional marriage that somehow the sanctity of a union between a man and a woman is threatened because two men can get married or two women can get married why why is this still something that we're talking about like i understand why from the the state from from the point of view of elder holland because he made it very clear he's old
0: and yeah, this, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, let's go back. We thought a couple of stray rounds even went north of the point of the mountain. My beloved brothers and sisters, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Did you did you hear that? What? So here's what
1: I heard. What I heard was he was trying to um, lighten the mood with some humor by saying a few of these rounds went around the point of the mountain. Um, and he's either talking about i don't know if he's talking about the the U University of Utah or if he's talking about headquarters in Salt Lake that they were under attack um but whatever it was, he really wanted to get a laughter out of it, and he really didn't get it. It was just dead silence crickets, and so he forced himself to give a little bit of a laugh. <laughs> afterwards to it and then ooh, he gets into his manipulative stuff and he gets all weepy oh i said i wasn't going to do this i didn't want to go into mocking it's so hard to do this without mocking but am, am i alone does it seem like a very intentional performance here this this tactic of getting weepy, especially when he just lost the audience on a joke that fell flat. And uh, yeah, I just just feel like this is a lot of manipulation
0: here. Some others fired their muskets all right, but unfortunately didn't always aim at those hostile to the church. We thought a couple of stray rounds even went north of the point of the mountain my beloved brothers and sisters, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I'll go to my grave Wait for it. Here come the waterworks. pleading that this institution not only stands, but stands unquestionably committed to its unique academic mission and the Church that sponsors it. We hope it isn't a surprise to you that your trustees are not deaf or blind or dodos to the feelings that swirl around marriage and the whole same sex topic on campus and a lot of other topics. I and many of my brethren have spent more time and shed more tears on this subject.
1: More than who? More than the faithful gay members of the church? just want to do the right thing, but also want to be true to themselves and have all of these conflicting messages telling them that the way that they naturally feel and naturally are is sinful and horrible. So the, 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 the many conversations that you've had as brethren that's causing such an emotional reaction. And you go from like tears to anger and outrage. I, I just, I see through this tactic, Elder Holland, and I don't care how much you have spent on this. Because the people that I know, the people that I know that have really, oh man, I know some beautiful people who have gone through hell because of who they are and what the Mormon church says is wrong. And it's a story. It's a story and it can change and it has changed for them. It's changed for a lot of people. It hasn't changed for you, Elder Holland. I know. And it probably won't. I don't expect it to. I understand why it's there. And in a strange, odd way, I accept it. And you know what? Even in a strange, odd way, I feel compassion for you. I know. Weird, huh? But I do, and I sense your confusion with this, but I I don't know, man i it'll it'll be nice when this isn't an issue anymore. I mean, we're we're going through this transition. yeah, it'll be nice when this isn't an issue anymore.
0: I and many of my brethren have spent more time and shed more tears on this subject than we could ever adequately convey to you this morning or any morning. We have spent hours discussing what the doctrine of the Church can and cannot provide the individuals and families struggling over this difficult issue. So it's with a little scar tissue of our own. Oh, I can't believe you just went there. That we are trying to avoid, and hope all will try to avoid, language and symbols and situations that are more divisive than unifying at the time we want to show love for all of God's children.
1: All right. I'm, I'm a little confused by what I just heard. Here's what I think I just heard. I, I I think I just heard you say, Elder Holland, that you've spent a lot of time, and you've got some scar tissue of your own. It's been painful. You've had to sacrifice some personal stuff of of your own and and, uh, the brethren as well. Really trying as much as you can, looking up and down at the doctrines of the church to see how could we allow people who love each other that are of the same sex to get married, to have sexual relations with each other. How can we allow that and we just can't. It, you've, you've, you've spent a lot of time looking high and low, taking it to the Lord, I suppose. Maybe getting out peep stones, looking in the hats. I don't know. It worked before. I don't know what all the methods have been. But what I'm hearing you say is that you've really, really tried, and there's just no way. There's just no way to allow people to be people. They've got to be a certain type of people that is defined by this story of what's appropriate. And there's no way to change that story so you just hope that everybody can be okay and not use language or symbols or whatever that would be harmful to people is that what you're saying that you you just wish that people on both sides could accept that the lord has drawn a line in the sand and gay people should not be gay and just be okay with that. I, because if that's what you're saying, I don't think you really understand what it feels like to be on the other side of this unmovable story, this unmovable doctrine, which is itself divisive, rather than unifying. It is the symbol, it is the language that is divisive rather than unifying.
0: If a student commandeers a graduation podium intended to represent everyone getting diplomas that day, in order to announce his personal sexual orientation, what might another speaker feel free to announce the next year until eventually anything goes? What might commencement come to mean, or not mean, if we push individual license over institutional dignity for very long?
1: Institutional dignity is the priority here over the individuals that are declaring things that are important to them. Uh, This slippery slope argument is ridiculous. So here's what I think commencement means when you have someone who stands up and very bravely and boldly issues a statement that quite knowingly goes against the grain of that institution i think it means that the pursuit of advanced education has worked and has been successful despite (laughs) despite the efforts to make everybody fit inside of one single box so BYU has been <laughs> successful in educating someone and empowering their autonomy of thought and freedom of expression despite itself. And yeah, maybe maybe that is horrible. Maybe that just spells out doom and gloom for the future. Oh my gosh, to have a, a bunch of people who think for themselves <laughs> who have been trained to use their own minds to make decisions that are in their
0: best interest. We can't have that. We cannot have that. (laughs) Do we simply end up with more divisiveness in our culture than we already have, and we already have far too much everywhere?
1: Yes, including the divisive doctrine that says that homosexual love is not acceptable. It it can't be, that that's where that's where the divisiveness is starting. It's starting right there. That's where it's coming from.
0: In that spirit, let me go no farther before declaring unequivocally.
1: Does unequivocally mean like with false weepiness? I don't
0: I don't think that's what it means, but it could. My love and that of my brethren for those who live. With this same-sex challenge and so much complexity that goes with it, too often the world has been unkind, in many instances crushingly cruel to these, our brothers and sisters.
1: The world, huh? It's the world's fault that the the world is being uncrushingly uncrushingly (laughs) cruel? I can't talk right now. It's the world. It's not, it's not the policies of the church that cannot be changed. It's the world that is creating the, the challenge and
0: the struggle for these people who you love. Is that what you're saying? Like many of you, we have spent hours with them. We have wept and prayed and wept again in an effort to offer love and hope while keeping the gospel strong and obedience to commandments evident in every individual life.
1: So what is the hope in the the things hoped for but not seen? Where is the faith? What What is the hope that you're trying to instill in people when you've got this unyielding policy and this un- unyielding attitude? Because it's It's even that that deep down like you might be spending hours with these people and weeping with them But the reason you're weeping is because you think that they're broken and That and that they that there's no fix for them You don't know what the fix is for them. You don't realize that you are the fix man. You can fix it. You could fix it right now Just by changing and going you know what it's okay (laughs) And I know that's pie in the sky. don't expect that to happen I don't really even expect you to understand what I'm saying, or even appreciate it, or even listen to it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, well, I'm glad you've spent hours weeping.
0: But it will assist all of us. It will assist everyone trying to provide help in this matter if things can be kept in some proportion and balance in the process. For example, we have to be careful that love and empathy do not get interpreted as condoning and advocacy, or that orthodoxy and loyalty to principle not be interpreted as unkindness or disloyalty to people. As near as I can tell, Christ never once withheld His love from anyone. But he also never once said to anyone, because I love you, you are exempt from keeping my commandments. We're tasked with trying to strike that same sensitive, demanding balance in our lives. Musket fire. Yes, we will always need defenders of the faith. But friendly fire is a tragedy, and from time to time the church, its leaders, and some of our colleagues within the university community have taken such fire on this campus, and sometimes it isn't friendly. Wounding students and the parents of students, so many who are confused about what so much recent flag-waving and parade-holding on this issue means. My beloved friends, this kind of confusion and conflict ought not to be not here. There are better ways to move toward crucially important goals in these very difficult matters, ways that show empathy and understanding for everyone while maintaining loyalty to prophetic leadership and devotion to revealed doctrine. My brethren have made the case for the metaphor of musket fire, which I have endorsed yet again today. There will continue to be those who oppose our teachings, and that will continue the need to define, document, and defend the faith. But we all look forward to the day when we can beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. And at least on this subject, learn war, no more
1: I'm sorry like as for as zen as I want to be I, I hear this bullshit sanctimonious weepiness like I look forward to the day when we can not have people fight against us for being horrible I just want to say fuck you like I don't know what else there is to, to do and I don't like that
0: I don't like it <clears throat> And at least on this subject, learn war no more. And while I have focused on this same-sex topic this morning more than I would have liked, I pray that you'll see it as emblematic of a lot of issues—our students and our community, our Church. Faces in this complex contemporary world of ours. But I digress. Back to the blessings of a school in Zion.
2: Look inside, look inside your tiny mind, then look a bit harder. Cause we're so uninspired, so sick and tired of all the hatred you harbor. It's not okay to be gay or well, I think you're just evil. You're just some racist who can't tie my laces. Your point of view is very evil.
1: Shame. How embarrassing! I can't believe that Holland was once one of my favorite apostles. I can't believe that I'm a graduate of BYU or that I was ever even Mormon in the first place. Ugh. Guilt. How could I have believed any of that crap for as long as I did? Why didn't I figure this out a long time ago? Some of this is on my head, I I haven't done enough. Apathy. I don't know, what's the use? These Mormon leaders are always on the wrong side of history. They'll never get it right. What can I really do about any of it anyway? Why should I even care? Grief. I can't believe that Holland would go after innocent people like that. After all the progress that the church seemed to be making in this area. And here I was hoping that the church was getting better. Uh, I bet this is going to lead to even more suicides. Fear. My family and friends all still really like Holland, even after this horrible speech. If I say anything against him or what he said, I'm going to make them all uncomfortable and ruffle feathers with people that I love. It may impact my relationship with my spouse. I could lose friends. I could possibly even lose my job. I better just stay silent and not express how I really feel. Desire. I can probably get a lot more downloads to my podcast and all of my social media platforms if I really milk how horrible this most recent Holland thing was. I might also be able to finally prove that I was right for questioning and leaving the church. People who used to be on the fence are probably now gonna come around to my way of seeing things. I mean, the right way of seeing things. Anger. Holland is such a fetching jerk face dodo with three extra chins. You know, if Spencer W. Kimball was Yoda, then this guy is definitely Java. I think I'll do some kind of public smackdown to teach this turd a lesson. I can't wait till he finally dies. Pride. Haven't you figured it out yet, like I have? The Mormon church is always 30 years behind the rest of the world. Who the heck do they think that they are? God's chosen people, my ass. Any TBM who still believes in this crap is just an utter moron. We should all know better. I'm glad that I finally figured it all out. Courage. Oh no, not this again. Okay, fine. I'll face it. I'll acknowledge it. I know what I have to say about it won't be popular with a lot of people, but I'm going to express how I'm feeling anyway. Neutrality. On the one hand, You have an older conservative population who truly believes that God has drawn a line in the sand on this same-sex issue that simply cannot be crossed. They also believe it's a sign that the Second Coming is near and that we're all being tested. They believe that because that's what they've been taught, and they haven't had any good reason to think otherwise. So on the other hand, you have a younger, more progressive population who've come to accept that love is love, even if it's same-sex love. And the acceptance of same-sex love is growing. Both sides can get emotionally charged and can vilify and disrespect the other. And that can cause a lot of unnecessary pain. I know what I feel is right, but I'm not going to vilify or disrespect anyone for being true to what they really believe. I'll try to find less emotionally charged ways of addressing what needs to be addressed here. Willingness. I can't change anyone else. I can only change myself and there are certain ways that I could behave that would shut down any hope of people coming together over this divisive issue. I am willing to make the changes that I need to make in order to be more understanding, more compassionate, more loving, and be willing and able to listen to all sides with as much of an open mind as I possibly can, and then to be a support to anyone who wants to better understand and make these kinds of changes on their own. Acceptance. Yeah. That sounds like something Elder Holland would say, and it sounds like the way he typically talks about these kinds of things. I don't like it, I can't change it, but it's not gonna do me or anyone else any good to think that Elder Holland should be anything other than what he truly actually is. And maybe that is kind of an outdated, overinflated, posturing, bumbling dodo who pretends to speak on behalf of God, but actually clearly doesn't. Reason. All right, let's be practical here. What do you expect Elder Holland to say? They keep beating this drum over and over and over again. The evidence is everywhere. I don't really see what all the fuss is about because this is old news. Same old homophobic Mormon mumbo jumbo. What was it that made me think that it would be any different? Love. I really hope that the gay people and the people who love them know that I love and care about them too. I hope that they're able to see Holland for what he is, a sad, angry, misguided man who has completely bought into this system that has fed his ego over the years in a confusing cloak of false humility. A man who believes his own fictions and honestly does not understand the harm that he causes when he gives talks like this. I don't know if I can actually love him or not, But I'm going to try to hold compassion for this guy who never wanted to be on the wrong side of history and can't bring himself to see his own failings when it comes to being a so-called apostle of the God of love. Peace. The world may be in tremendous chaos right now about this Holland issue, along with so many other much larger, much more significant issues. There's so much chaos and rage and fear, but when I close my eyes and i take deep breaths and i think about where i am right here right now i know that i am safe i have people in my life who love me i have people in my life who i love back there's a lot of good around me in addition to a lot of bad there is a balance to it all and if i can be disciplined enough in my focus if i can be fair and acknowledge the truth in all of the many different but valid experiences and perspectives swirling all around me. If I can become the I in this storm, then maybe I can bring a bit of peace into someone else's heart as well and provide a small moment of respite to an overworked central nervous system. That would be the greatest gift that any of us could give to anyone right now. I honestly I don't know how to do it, (laughs) but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try.
0: Do we simply end up with more divisiveness in our culture than we already have? And we already have far too much everywhere. But we all look forward to the day when we can beat our swords into plowshares. Learn war no
2: put down the weapons that you use against yourself you don't need them anymore
0: hey there
1: thanks for listening all the way to the end now i really hope that you enjoyed today's episode i have more to say about this topic and i'm going to do that with a follow up behind the scenes sharing time episode on patreon so if you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that i put into creating this podcast please Come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly appreciate it. Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Keith, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode
2: on the website, infantsonthrones.com And
1: if you really like what you hear, give the quorum
2: a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did.
1: I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer?
2: My worst crime is an inside job Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob I tune to the scene between the eyes and take a breath Thank you for listening to Infants on Front Infants on Front I sit still and watch the thoughts float past me Never mind the future, never mind what the past be I like to jump and let the universe catch me Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me I keep my pockets light, destination in sight Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights I'm walking past the fight, laying down on the night Choosing love when I pick up this might